Welcome into today's Locked On NFL podcast. And if this is a new voice for you tuning in, that's because I'm Lauren Cox. I'm the host of Locked On Bears, joined by Matt Williamson, as always, but filling in for Brian Peacock, who is off this week. And we're bringing you all of your daily NFL analysis. I'm happy to be here. I'm having a good time. Matt, NFL news has been moving quickly thus far through training camp. How have you been able to hold up with everything? Yeah, good to have you on. We had uh, Jake Liskow on yesterday. That was fun. Uh, we're going to be doing guest hosts all week. Um, this is the last week of the Locked On NFL podcast in its current form. But then the Peacock and Williamson NFL show take over next week. And the Locked On NFL one will, will be made up of different hosts, much like Locked On NBA. So we mentioned it last week. I forgot to mention it yesterday. Please, 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 please go sign, go subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. That's our livelihood, and I need that. So getting that out of the way. <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, it, it's so weird. I mean, because usually, uh, I think you know I have a Steeler background, and I indirectly work for the team with their radio network. And right about now, we would have broke camp in Latrobe, PA, and I would have been coming home and gearing up for the regular season. And I would have lived there for basically a month, gone to every practice, done radio hits from right next to the field, uh, see the players at meals, go out to the bars at night, get some information there. This year, I do two radio hits a day for the Steel Nation Radio, and I do it from a studio and haven't seen anything to talk about. So I have to get all this indirect news and it's hard. I mean, it's challenging to say the least. I'm really excited for real football. I'm losing my mind a little bit. How about you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we're all starved for any kind of update we can get at this point, given the limited access for information. And you know, I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, we wake up this morning and the Arizona Cardinals make Buda Baker, the NFL's highest paid safety. And, you yeah. know, normally that might not be the most exciting thing, but like we're, we're star for it. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute. He's never had an interception before in his career. And they're making him the highest paid safety in the NFL. You know, all of a sudden it's like a little bit more intensity is added to these sort of things because we all want it so bad. Yeah, let's talk about that because that just happened. To be very honest, I am totally reacting organically to the Buda Baker thing. I've been running my kids around to different places this morning. We're recording this a little after 11 a.m. Eastern. So it's the first I saw it. And all I'm really doing here is looking at the uh, the Schefter report. He's 24 years old. He's the highest paid safety in league history. Baker will make around $14.75 million per year over the next four seasons. And I, I like this. I mean, there's a couple of layers of this. And every time one of these teams goes and re-signs, extends one of their own, one of their core players. It started with Pat Mahomes, of course, and we've gotten guys like Clark and Green Bay and a lot of core players, young guys coming off their first contract. I get more and more excited about the league. And my reasoning is if owners, and trust me, owners know more than anybody, if they're spending right now, I don't think they're worried about revenue this year. I don't think the cap's going to fall. Owners tell us a lot. If they're given the green light to go get these guys, that makes me think, I think the league isn't exactly starving. 
Yeah, that's for sure. It seems like they always find ways for money to go around, not only in terms of the salary cap space, but then, of course, get, getting the dollars and cents to work out for these guys. Like you mentioned Kenny Clark, the interesting thing, the numbers came out this morning on his deal, and it's super low in 2020, super low in 2021, and then spikes up in 2022, 23, and 24, exactly when the Packers can get out of Aaron Rodgers' contract, but also a reflection, uh, also a reflection of the fears of a lower seller cap this year and next year with things rebounding in 2022 Clark's numbers seem to fit that, but no word yet on exactly where Buddha Baker's stands. But I, I was a little bit surprised that Baker himself was made the number one highest paid safety yeah. in the NFL. I mean, for, for the bears, Eddie Jackson was previously the, the most recent one to get that extension to go to the top. And now Buddha Baker surpasses him and nothing against Buda. Buda Baker's a very, very good NFL player who does a lot of different things well. But I don't know, does he strike you as highest paid safety in the NFL? Good. I think he's he's very, very, very good. But is that number one a little rich for you? Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little about the player and the fit and all that, too, because like I said about the signing across the league and owners are going to be OK I also think that there is a trend that these do-it-all safeties are getting more and more valuable. Like we saw, Buda Baker looks up to Tyron Mathow, the Honey Badger, and his pattern is game very similarly. They're very similar in statue, stature, the way they move, their explosion. They can play the slot. They can play the deep high. They can play the deep middle. They can come down in the box. They can blitz. They play the run. They can play man coverage on Christian McCaffrey or Evan Ingram. So these guys are starting to get paid, and I like it because I feel like it's a couple of years too late, you know, a little behind the times. People weren't paying safeties. But in this era of positionless football, the Buda Bakers and Tyron Mathows have extreme value. And I thought Mathow was a massive catalyst for the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I mean, him playing really, really well down the stretch. And I think the Cardinals look at Baker as a similar way. But I also think there's more layers to this. He is a good player. But to answer your flat-out question, highest-paid safety, that took me aback a little. No <laughs> question about it. You know, And I'm sure Derwin will make more and, and all these other guys. But I think if you're the Cardinals, you aren't paying that quarterback like Rodgers yet. And you're not for a while. You don't have a lot of massive contracts there. And you don't have a lot of core players that people are buying jerseys for that you want to make long-term Cardinals. You know, Larry's not going to be there much longer. You got a couple guys to build around, but I think this sends a really good message to the, the young incoming dudes that Kingsbury and company have drafted that if you're a professional and you handle yourself the right way on and off the field, we're going to extend you. We want to build something long-term around Kyler here and Baker and Isaiah Simmons and people like that are in our long-term plans. We're not just a quick fix organization. So I think there's more layers to this one because they can afford it. And to your point with, with Buda Baker, I know Pro Football Focus tweeted out his career snaps by position, and he actually mm. has played more snaps at slot cornerback than free safety in his career. And when you add in his snaps in the box at linebacker or even sometimes he lines up literally on the edge when he's blitzing, his snaps truly at a safety position are only like 
roughly a third of his NFL wow. playing time. So you, you, it's, to some extent nowadays with, with Tyron Matthew, like you said, and Buda Baker and these positionless guys, you're almost paying a premium where like you can't, you can't just pay him like a safety. You can't just pay him like a slot cornerback or, or even like a, a linebacker. So you kind of have to take that safety market and have a premium for his versatility and ability to do pretty much anything you need him to do in that defense. Yeah, uh, again, there there aren't many guys that can fill the wear that many hats and do it well. Like I get a kick out of some guys that he's really versatile, but he's like a C or a C minus in every area. Well, that's not what I need. I mean, uh, I can I'd rather have guys that aren't versatile do things well. Guys like Baker that do so many things well, young, ascending, they're worth it. You know, this, this does take me aback a little, but I think there's more of a message here. And for, for Chicago Bears fans, it stings a little bit more because the pick that the Arizona Cardinals used on Buda Baker was originally the Bears pick. They traded down in that second round, took Adam Shaheen, who they traded to the Dolphins for a conditional seventh round pick just a couple mm. of weeks ago. So the Buda Baker pick was right there. They needed a safety. They ended up waiting and taking Eddie Jackson. Turned out okay. Well, it's, probably we should move to the next segment and chat Bears because we were planning on doing that anyway. But I'm sure you're aware of this too. I mean, the Trubis- you know who the Trubisky picks were? The the picks that he, they traded him for? Or they yes. traded for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know who they turned into, I assume? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kamara and Fred Warner. Ouch. It, yeah. Uh, Your Bears need to stop trading up. <laughs> yeah, draft trades up have not been the most successful under this general manager. And Trubisky being the, the big one, it, it's been the big focus this offseason. And up next on the Lockdown NFL podcast, we'll discuss the quarterback competition with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Check in on where they are and where we think they could be. Just think, you could be eating food from your favorite restaurant right now, no matter where you are. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app, and they'll bring whatever you're craving right now right to your door. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your favorite local restaurants or choose from national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, or even the Cheesecake Factory. Ordering is super easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off. Don't just take my word for it. Try it for yourself. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. It's never been easier to get the exact car or truck part you need for your vehicle thanks to our friends at rockauto.com. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years with an insanely deep catalog of parts. It's unique. It's really easy to navigate. You just enter in your vehicle's make and model, and then you can choose between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether you're fixing up a classic car in the garage or just want to improve your daily commuter, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Just go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. 
amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Matt, it seems like this offseason we haven't had a lot of, you know, big quarterback controversy around the NFL. It kind of feels more or less limited to the Bears and to some extent like the Patriots with Cam Newton, but he's already running away with that one for the most part. But in Chicago, so far, it's fairly even split, albeit on a a limited sample size of practices. Mitch Trubisky versus Nick Foles. And I guess with you, I wanted to start, I I haven't gotten your take on that from the beginning. When the Bears traded for Nick Foles, traded a fourth-round pick and restructured the contract a little bit, but still paying him, I think, a good $17 million guaranteed over the next few seasons. What were your thoughts initially on Foles being the choice in Chicago? And I guess, what are some of your expectations for how this quarterback competition will play out? We might bite heads on your team here because I'm not super impressed. I mentioned it last, you know, uh, segment that the trade-ups have been somewhat catastrophic in terms of what they've had to give up and they need to stop that trend and I'm kind of going to go down that road, too, with Nick Foles. And I don't think Foles is a bad player. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's a spot starter, super high-end backup that's very streaky. And his good streaks are awesome. His bad streaks are worrisome. And I think we know who he is now. But to answer your question directly, I thought it was a little bit of the coward's way out. Because I would have liked to seen somebody that would have rocked the boat more Uh, Cam Newton, Winston, somebody like that with higher upside that might be the long-term answer, that might offend Mitch, that might, you know, not be as well known to the staff. And I understand that familiarity in the COVID offseason is very important, but I felt like they settled for a leadoff walk. I think that's a good way to put it. I, I, I was with you 100%, you know, especially at the time. It felt, it felt like settling is, is a good word there. Like they wanted to appease Mitch in some way, mm-hmm. you know, to say, hey, we still want to give you an opportunity, but we also want to have a backup plan. He's Mitch insurance rather than getting, you know, a solid, sure thing or, or as close to a sure thing as you can get in free agency in a, a historic offseason where Tom Brady was available, Philip Rivers was available, Teddy Bridgewater was available, Winston, Newton, and so many others you know, lingered on, Andy Dalton as well. And not that all of them are instant upgrades over everything Mitch can do, and not that all of them were even realistic for the Bears, but it felt like they had this treasure trove of opportunity in front of them. And not only did they not sign anybody, but they gave up a fourth round pick to get Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah. Familiarity goes a long way, but I guess, I mean, if, if good streaky Foles comes through is, you know, does there isn't, can you see this paying off in some way? It's just, it's just a matter of what are, what are the probabilities that we're working with here? I'm going to kind of switch gears and ask your opinion on this too, because I think it's a really interesting conversation, but my take on Trubisky is, I'm not big on Trubisky. I mean, that's not, I'm not the only one out there that doesn't (laughs) think Trubisky probably isn't the answer. That being said, I think people are a little too rough on the guy right now because I thought he finished the season pretty strong when he was healthier. I thought much like a Jared Allen or not Jared Allen, Josh Allen. I think he has to use his legs a lot to be a effective NFL quarterback. And for much of the season, he didn't where he did as a rookie. 
So I think if he's healthy and he runs more and is less structured or designed quarterback runs, that Trubisky can be better than people think. Does that mean he's ever going to be a top 15 guy? Probably not. So for those reasons, I think your audience and Bears fans and maybe the Bears front office should want Trubisky to win the job. Because to me, Foles is the bird in the hand. I know who this guy is. I want something better than that. Like you said, he's insurance. And that's fine. But I want Mitch to be better than that. And if he can't be, I know I have to go get a quarterback for sure. But what's interesting to me is the public doesn't get four preseason games to watch and say, Mitch stinks. They got to play Foles. You know what I mean? Like, Mitch can't lose his job this year in the public opinion because we're going to get reports of who's having better camps and who's having better practices. But you and your audience and Bears fans couldn't watch four preseason games and be like, boy, Mitch looks awesome or Mitch looks horrible, you know? Yeah, it's really good. I think one of the things that's going to benefit Mitch quite a bit in this process, not only yeah. not having those preseason games, but even just less opportunity for Nick Foles. I mean, as much as the Bears have praised Foles' familiarity, you know, he worked with Matt Nagy in Kansas City and Philadelphia, and same with, you know, they hired the quarterbacks coach, John Filippo. I mean, a whole slew of offensive coaches have worked with Nick Foles in the past. You still can't recreate that timing with receivers and that, you know, that carrying the huddle and understanding all the different nuances of specifically how Matt Nagy is doing things in Chicago and, you know, what, three or four weeks of padded practices at training camp are not a lot of time for Nick Foles to impress enough to unseat Trubisky because as much as the Bears call it an open competition, Trubisky is the incumbent and he is the one who's familiar and he's the guy that they want, I mean, they won't say it, but they want him to win. They, the Bears benefit more if Trubisky is the starter and playing well than they do if Nick Foles is the starter and playing well. But that, that playing well part is the, the, more, the more difficult and the bigger question mark in there. I, I agree with you that he, he, he has to be doing some things with his legs and simplifying some things offensively. I just feel like Matt Nagy gets a little frustrated and feels like he's limited in what he can do with some of the receivers and the different things coming from that Kansas City offense. Whereas even if Nick Foles is kind of, uh, you know, a boring, plain, you know what you're getting, at least it gives Matt Nagy some of that creativity to say, all right, if I I know this is what my quarterback is going to give me week in and week out, rather than the constant ups and downs we saw from Trubisky, at least he can kind of game plan around that and, you know, get Cordero Patterson going creatively, Tariq Cohen. I mean, they got a lot of different weapons that can make a consistent quarterback better. They just need more of that consistency if it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and you mentioned Patterson. Um, I think all, everything you said there makes an awful lot of sense. And we had kind of planned to go – I like to pull the curtain back and tell the audience what we were thinking to do and then call an audible on the fly. Um, we were thinking about going around the NFC North, but I have a lot more Bears stuff to chat with you about. Do you just want to do the third segment with more Bear talk? Hey, absolutely. I'm cool. always ready to talk Bears. I figured. <laughs> Let's do it. We're seeing players across the league put an extra emphasis on taking care of their bodies, and especially with everything else going on in the world, it can be hard to get all of the right products and solutions you need for your daily wear and tear. But luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. 
Their CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. They also offer CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. To make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right, we are back, and I'll start with the positive. First of all, I don't even want to talk all that much about the Bears' defense. I'm very impressed with it. I think they're going to bounce back and be one of the elite units in the league. The Robert Quinn over Floyd um, upgrade to me is much bigger than maybe my audience realizes. I think that's gigantic. I, I miss. I wish Eddie Goldman was in the mix, but let's focus on the offense. I think the, the Bears' D is going to be very, very good. I recently wrote an article, it was somewhat fantasy related, but for Pro Football Network, that I think Anthony Miller is due to really break out this year. Like that word gets thrown around a lot, breakout season. I think it's coming for Miller opposite Robinson. That's what we thought last year a little bit too in his in his second year. And we kind of found out why just a couple of last week where the wide receivers coach, Mike Furry, said, he said it bluntly, we couldn't trust him. Last year, 2019, he said we couldn't trust him at certain points of the year to really be in the playbook as deep as they wanted him and to be, you know, taking, you know, taking all of the different nuances in terms of route running and doing all the little things to be a successful NFL wide receiver. But it sounds like this year is different. That This year they're doing, you know, they're seeing a different Anthony Miller in terms of a guy who's taking it seriously and not just sort of relying on his natural talent and his natural skill set, but to be able to put in that hard work. So I think a lot of people around Hallis Hall are expecting a lot of what you're seeing. It's just going to be, okay, can, can the quarterbacks actually do their end of the job to make sure that, you know, Anthony Miller has those opportunities, but there's a lot of different ways you can slice and dice some of his past performances and and find uh, a lot of reason to be successful in the future. Okay, and now I'm going to kind of run out of optimism on the Bears O. And (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned Cohen, you mentioned Patterson. Both those guys are hard to play against. They're great with the ball in their hands, but they're not foundational players. You know, they're spokes on a wheel. They're situational. Uh, What's your take on David Montgomery? I was really interested to read yesterday or today that he shaves some weight, and I'm going to bring it back to the Steelers. That's a real Steeler thing to do. Like Lev Bell dropped 20 pounds after his rookie year. Benny Snell right now is dropping weight. And it seems to work for these guys after a year in the league when they realize, boy, I'm not quite as quick and elusive as I was, or or I need to be more so in order to get away from these tackles where maybe with a little bit of shaved weight, a little bit of quickness, that tackle you almost broke, that you broke in college every time, now you get away from because he was an elite after the after contact runner. I'm not saying he's the answer or I love the guy, but I'm curious your thoughts. And I was happy to read that little nugget about him. Not that he was fat or anything, but you know, just getting leaner and in better shape. Yeah, he said over the weekend that 
he kind of took a lot more discipline with his diet, cut out some of the inflammatory foods, said he was a, a big Flamin' Hot Cheetos guy his rookie season, and oh, really? <laughs> yeah, took those out, cut out the Krispy Kreme donuts, and trimmed his body Probably fat percentage. Idea. Yeah, <laughs> especially for— Advice for all of our listeners, yeah. Yeah, really, the David Montgomery diet plan is uh, something we should all take up when one of these off-seasons. But regardless, you know, brought the body fat percentage down, brought the weight down. You know, it was more like five or six pounds of actual body weight, but I think uh, the bigger thing was— losing body fat and adding even some muscle to that in addition to losing the weight. He probably would have lost more weight if he hadn't added some of the muscle, but really being disciplined with his workouts as well. I think he feels like he's in the best shape of his life, which you know you hear plenty of NFL players say, but it's you're right that last season the, the after contact wasn't quite there. You know, he, he still forced like 47 missed tackles, I think, is what Pro Football Focus had him with, which was pretty darn good for a rookie running back. But he wasn't getting a lot of yards after contact. Some of that a reflection of you know where contact was being made with him, getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit, and there's only so much you can do. The Bears' offensive line needs to be better to help him. The coach needs to do a better job of calling more running plays and having more of a consistent scheme behind it. Sometimes it was kind of just throw a run play in here or there, but it didn't feel like it had a lot of like game plan to it. So there's a lot of reason to think Dave Montgomery could take that next step this season, but it's a question of, I guess, what exactly that next step is. Because I don't think he's going to burst out and be a 1,500-yard running back, but you know, a little bit more consistent, you know, hit that 1,000-yard mark. I think there's a lot of the potential there. But the Bears do want to work Cordero Patterson in at running back a little bit more. Tariq Cohen didn't have much success in the backfield last year. I think they don't want to put it all on David Montgomery's shoulders, but it sounds like his shoulders are uh, much more capable of taking it this year. Yeah, that's really well said, and and I'm not giving Montgomery a pass, but I'm leaning that way a little bit in in terms of, you know, it's not the running backs don't matter conversation, but it's more like if you're playing against the Bears, you're not going to let the running game beat you. You know, you're going to make that quarterback make throws to to beat you out of, and bring the extra guy in the box, but even more so, I feel like an underreported national story is I fear that the Bears O-line is in conversation for worst in the league. I, I really think that when we look back at this season, and I hate to say it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bears on the under on their over-under total, and we're going to all blame the quarterback. We're all going to blame Montgomery. They're going to lose a lot of 13-10 to 10 games. And I think if you watch the All-22, we're going to say they couldn't block anybody. That was definitely a, a big part of the problem last season. I mean, Mitch had his own issues, but the offensive line, both in the running game and passing game, not always where it needed to be. They feel like, you know, the coaching change they made on the offensive line, they let go of Harry Heastand, who had a great reputation, but for whatever reason, didn't seem to quite mesh well with Matt Nagy and the coaching staff. Replaced him with Juan Castillo, who's been a longtime NFL offensive line coach. Worked with Matt Nagy in Philadelphia and has a lot of the same connections that Nick Foles does with a lot of these Bears coaches. And they're, they're otherwise running it back with four of the five same starters, and then they, they brought in Jermaine Effetti to compete at right guard. But you know, Seahawks fans will know that's not necessarily a uh, confidence-building move right there right. on the offensive line. They, they need their, they, yeah, they need their young guys to play better. You know, Cody Whitehair at center, a second-round pick a couple of years ago, had an off year last season, but they think, you know, with Juan Castillo really emphasizing the importance of that center position that he can lead in that role and, you know, command the offensive line from the middle, make the right calls, the protections, and kind of keep things a little bit more squared away there. They need James He's Daniels. He's their best lineman, though, don't you think? Say that again? Whitehair's their best lineman. 
At this point, yeah. I mean, they gave him the big contract so, yeah. extension too. To I think because they they definitely feel that. But you know, they used a second round pick two years ago on James Daniels out of Iowa, and his development hasn't quite come on the trajectory that they want. Like it seems like you know, with White Hair and Daniel, and to some extent Charles Leno at left tackle, it, it feels like they have guys with some talent. It just hasn't formed properly on the field, and and that's why they they're banking on this offensive line coach change being the difference. But at the same time, it's the same five guys that struggled so much last year. Is everything going to drastically change with a new coach, or to some extent, are these guys just who they are at this point? I've always thought Daniels was more of a center too. And I know he's going to be a guard and they're, you know, white hair can do both. And that's been kind of an odd dynamic too. Yeah. Part of that I think was the making calls at the line of scrimmage and protections that when they had James Ah, Daniels at center as a rookie, it was probably a little bit too much for him that early in his NFL career. And eventually they kind of had to make the switch back when there were some protection breakdowns. It wasn't so much his blocking necessarily, just as it was the leadership and the, the really scheme understanding that you need for that position. But you can't be fond of the right side of the line. No, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, Bobby Massey is NFL average offensive tackle at best, you know, and, they, they gave him a contract extension a couple of years ago to the head scratching of a lot of people. But I think it, it's one of those things where it's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Where, we you know, you know Bobby Massey's got his ups and downs, but you kind of know what you're going to get with him. Whereas if you try and, you know, release him and try and upgrade him in the offseason and maybe you draft somebody or maybe you try and sign someone else, you never know for sure that it's going to be an upgrade. So, okay, leave that one where it is so at least it's not a, a, a new question mark and address other issues on the offense first but again right guard doesn't feel like it's been all that well addressed either and yeah it's it's going to be one of those I think you're right underlying stories here for this Bears offense that everyone's going to look at the quarterbacks but the offensive line is the other big thing that needs to be better yeah and let's say the Bears end up picking 10 12 something like that I know we're really projecting if it's not a quarterback do you would you put a chip down that it would be an offensive lineman the Bears have never been a team to to really hone in on a position in the first, mm-hmm. especially that early in the in the draft. But I would put offensive line among the absolute top needs with that draft pick. Absolutely, gotcha. Um, I don't have anything more. Is there anything else you want to chat about? <laughs> no, I mean, I think I do think not to go deep Fine. into this Bears defense, but I, I have some concerns about their secondary in particular. Do you? They, you know, they lost they lost Prince Mukamara, who's not a, a stud, but a one of those, again, consistency. You know what you're getting with him, and you know the, the, the other cornerback spot was originally going to be Artie Burns, and you're, you're well familiar with how that plays out. So now yeah. it's a second-round pick. Jalen Johnson is likely going to start there, but he's injured right now and hasn't been able to practice. The other safety spot next to Eddie Jackson, probably going to be Tashawn Gibson. And, you know, again, a consistent veteran, but I think a step down from what they've had in recent years with HaHa Clinton Dix and Adrian Amos. And I'm still not crazy about their slot cornerback buster screen. So I feel like there's some there's some room there for the secondary to take a step back. But like you talked about with Robert Quinn, they feel like the front seven being a little bit not only healthy again from last season, but add some of that energy on the pass rush. The idea is that they're supposed to make up for the defense. And I think there's there's a possibility for a little bit of a step back, but certainly I don't think they're going to fall out of the top 10. Oh, yeah, I, I, as well said. I mean, I think the secondary is a little concerning. I think they were kind of counting on Burns to at least compete for snaps. I, I think what's interesting at the corner position is Vic Fangio's defense, and we're seeing this now in Denver, is very corner friendly. They don't ask a ton out of their corners. They don't leave them on islands. And Chuck Pagano is now in his second season as the defense coordinator. And actually, Chuck was our 
secondary coach when I, the year I was with the Browns. He's a great guy. And he's a little more versatile. You know, I mean, I think he was trying to implement, you know, kind of take what Fangio built so well and then add some wrinkles. And I hope that things don't change schematically where you're asking a lot from that corner position because it's not really built that way right now. Yeah, that was one of the things Eddie Jackson said is that like Chuck Pagano was trying to go to more, especially on third downs, more man-to-man coverage and you mm. know, leaving some of those guys one-on-one and saying, hey, you go beat the guy in front of you. And you know, Kyle Fuller's the Bears' best cornerback, but he's never been a stellar That's not really what he is. man. Yeah. I mean, he's an off-zone cornerback and very good at what he does, but that was you know Fangio's thing is like they weren't going to disguise too much what they were doing at cornerback. All the disguise came at linebacker and safety. So we'll see how Pagano's flavor on this goes, and maybe he has to change it up during the season if it stops working, but he's, he doesn't seem like a guy who's too dead set on we have to do it this way. He's just going to try and find what works for his guys and, and what he's comfortable with. Yeah, and I think that's who he is after being around him. He is a versatile guy. He's been a head coach, understands that there's more than one way to skin a cat. And, you know, those coaches that we have to do it my way aren't successful. And I think he's the right man for the job to understand that. Yeah, well, Matt, clearly you share a lot of the same similarities in terms of just kind of rolling with it and being able to be the right man for the job. Matt, it's been a pleasure joining you today on Locked on NFL. We'll have to do it again sometime. We'll, We'll encourage Brian to take another vacation. Yeah, this was fun. We'll have you on too during the year, if not sooner, and talk Bears with you. Absolutely. Well, it, I'm looking forward to hearing the uh, Peacock and Williamson new feed on, on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure if you're listening to this, go and subscribe to that because that's where Matt and Brian are going to be moving. And then the new Lockdown NFL show is going to be exciting with a lot of different voices getting involved, a lot of different perspectives. And I think that's going to help give an even more well-rounded approach to covering the NFL. You're not just going to hear you know one man's perspective or a couple man's perspective, albeit a very educated and informed perspective, but getting some different voices in there I think will be a a lot of fun and a big benefit for the network yeah absolutely should be good stuff for everyone all right well tune in tomorrow as we continue our rotating cast of locked on NFL hosts tomorrow I was filibustering to try and look up at who it was going to be but Matt who's going to be the host tomorrow in my place uh Louis DiBiase and I are going to chat so I'm excited about that too oh so some good Philadelphia Eagles perspective I guess we'll all kind of stay in this Andy Reid coaching tree moving over to Doug Peterson tomorrow. So make sure you tune back in for even more of the daily NFL updates you crave right here on Locked On NFL.